Praise God. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy always here, grace to help us in our time of need. And we thank you, Lord, that we even know that we need you. So many people need you and don't know it. So we thank you that we have that understanding, that awareness. We have that promise from you that everything that that we possess and will possess is in perfect peace. We thank you for that, Lord, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So let's talk about miracles today. Amen. Let's talk about miracles. And I think that is a a, a way to see miracles performed. I mean, I, I, I know that's why we teach and preach the word is to build faith. When we talk about things, faith goes out. There's also... Um, the different things that we need to observe as traditions among God's people, uh, first among his people, Israel, and now among the church, there are certain things that God uh, uh, commanded us to do and admonished us to do throughout the word that bring him on the scene. And I think that's really what you want to do when you talk about anything is you want to see the results of it. You want to see it manifest. I know I do. You know, you get tired of talking about it forever, but there is something about speaking certain things uh, into the atmosphere and speaking them with faith that brings God on the scene to do miracles. And I think this is how the early church got the results they got from God. See, there was a reason that they went from house to house under the apostles' teaching. They continually kept their faith up by speaking about the word, giving testimony, sharing what was going on. Uh, They did it daily, every day. And that's one of the keys to the power of God is what you do consistently every day. I was driving past a church today, and I remember when that church was just getting formed, it's been over 30 years now. They, you know, they've been 30 years in this city in existence as a church. And I drove by and the sign says, uh, Sunday service, 11 o'clock. So they have this huge building and they only have one service per week in there. You understand what I'm saying? When you think about the comparison between how we started as a, as a body of Christ, as the church and where we are now, it's, I mean, it's a huge difference. If you can meet once a week in a building, you can do twice. If you do twice, you can do three. You can find people, other churches that are get, just getting started and say, hey, we've got a building. If you need space, why don't you come on? We can only let you have it on this day and that day. But that gives alternate days where the people of God are assembling together. You know what I'm saying? It gives an opportunity for people to come in it always this always amazed me about churches and how they operate you know they'll rent and and give their space free to alcoholics anonymous and uh other groups like that and but they're suspicious if another church wants to come in on their alternate days they'll want to know what you teach and what you believe and scrutinize you and they don't scrutinize them aa people they get up and say anything Amen. They come in drunk. 
you know they confront each other because they've been drinking all kinds of stuff goes on in those meetings but they never never a thought but when one of god's people wants to come in there and and use their facility for a meeting they've got 20 questions up and down one side down the other and are reluctant really to allow the body of christ to use god's property you know and i feel like this that's god's property you know that's not your property to say who should be there and who shouldn't be there it's god's property and so i think for for us to to get what the results we want from god we've got to pull down some walls that separate us and we've got to quit being so suspicious of what the brother is teaching you understand what i'm saying god knows how to straighten people out if they're in error or if they're you know uh, not as mature and don't know as much about the word maybe as you do god knows how to help those people to get started but you know think the blessing it is to let a brother or sister in the lord have a place for his people to gather together and and to share the word i think it's a tremendous blessing and so this is what the early church did they were one church and that's how they were one church they stayed together they encouraged one another and i think they daily got together and talked about miracles and that's how the miracles continued to come amen is from their confession from their faith for what they said about it and in the way they encourage one another with it so what is a miracle a miracle is a perceptible interruption in the laws of nature such that can be uh, attempted to be explained by divine intervention so it's an a uh, perceptible something you can see interruption in the laws of nature like a storm calming down all of a sudden water turning into wine where it used to just be water now all of a sudden it's wine there's no grapes there and you know no fermentation so it just quickly happened uh, it's an interruption in the laws of nature and it can be attempted to be explained by divine intervention so the only thing we can say is this happened and it wasn't man's process cuz it interrupted man's process or it overrid uh, overrode man's process he said it's sometimes associated with a miracle worker so it oftentimes miracles are associated with a person that we can call a miracle worker somebody who is instrumental in making sure that that process gets interrupted so there's a person involved oftentimes who somehow is able to facilitate to cause to happen whatever it is that has happened to interrupt the normal course of nature a miracle is something that is statistically unlikely but beneficial event so it's statistically unlikely but it's beneficial and it is regarded as wonderful it is spoken about as a wonder as something that cannot be explained but it has happened anyway and it usually has beneficial results you notice things that are disastrous aren't considered to be miracles even though they're big things amen so so this is something that's beneficial to mankind uh, the word miracle uh, really means a sign or something a sign is something that points to something amen so it's it's an interruption in the natural flow of things 
that points to something. And, and, and it points to God and it points to the supernatural. It points to the divine. Something that's above the level of human power. Amen. So many times, uh, uh, miracles and, and healings, things supernaturally that come are attributed to God. Amen. Uh, that's the only other answer there could be that, that, and it, and it's attributable to him because we know we as believers know that our God is alive and that he is able to get involved in things where people need him to be involved. So it's also a beacon, which means it's a light. It it points to something. It 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 has its own power to attract. You don't have to tell somebody that's a miracle. When people see it, they know what it is. Amen. They know what it is. It used to be that people, when we would see supernatural healings, we would think, oh, uh, they made that up or they're pretending they weren't really sick to begin with. But after a while, you get you get one over, you know, because most people who all you ever know is the natural realm. You can think very easily, especially if another human's involved. They'll think they made that up or, or you know, that person, you know, they, they really aren't weren't were paralyzed to begin with they were just sitting in a wheelchair you know that kind of stuff and so but but when a true miracle occurs everybody knows that it was done by god this isn't a man-made thing you can't explain it away so it's a beacon it's a sign it's a monument it's evidence amen it's also a treasured thing something that's highly valuable a miracle is highly valuable a miracle really means something that's wonderful. That word miracle also means to make great. So when we see miracles that God performs, that is to make him great. Amen. That is to show people who he really is. Uh, if he Is he interested in humans? Is he interested in whether or not we're sick or well or anything like that? And the answer is yes. He performs miracles to show people that he's interested in them. Amen. Um, the, a miracle is something that's too hard to accomplish by human means. And it's separate or distinguished from anything human. It's marvelous. It's something that's worthy of notation, worthy of commenting about. A miracle is something that's too high for a human. Amen. Too high for human responsive for a human to be responsible for it. Amen. Uh, miraculous means conspicuous. It's something that you notice. It, it, it cannot be hidden and it can't. Once it's released, it cannot be denied that it happened. That's one of the things about a miracle. It's there's evidence there. If it's a person that had a terminal disease and that disease left and it's been gone 30, 40 years now, it's it's something that cannot be attributed to human intervention. Amen. It's also a sign and a wonder. It's illuminative and it shows light. It shines light. It's not something that can be hidden. Amen. Uh, a miracle is is a token. It's a, a, a it, it it really is a, a I would say an indication of something larger. A token is a you know a small part, 
but there's a bigger part that it's connected to. And so a sign is something that points towards something or someone. And so signs and wonders point toward the author of them. They point toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in, in they are undeniable in their origin. You can't attribute a sign and a miracle to anybody other than God. Amen? Now, you can kind of, in your imagination, fix it up, but you're going to have some missing parts to the puzzle. You won't have all the answers when you try to explain it that it's been done by a human. And so the only explanation left is that it is the work of God. How do miracles come? That's always been the puzzle. You know, we look at them, we see them, we know they happen, but it's hard to figure them out. And people want to figure them out because they want to see them happen again, (laughs) you know. And so there are some things that we know about the miraculous. We know some things about how and when God manifests himself and, and, and we can expect him. You know, when can we expect God to do the miraculous? Well, he can do it at any time. Amen. Uh, and, and what are the conditions for the miraculous? And one of them is faith. Amen. It's definitely faith. How does faith get released? Through your words. Amen. So that's why it's always good to talk about miracles because faith gets released through your words. The Holy Spirit hovers over the atmosphere, especially when the word of God is being spoken, when the laws of God are being obeyed, when worship is being offered. Amen. There, uh, there's a song, uh, jeez. Tasha Cobbs Leonard, I think, put a praise on it. There's a miracle in this room with my name on it. Amen. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Amen. And so, and that's, that's pretty true. You know, that's her word of exp- way of expressing it. Others have expressed it in other ways. If you go to miracle services, Benny Hinn will say, lift him up. Amen. So we put a praise on it. Amen. And, and, uh, and that's, that's the way it happens. We have to invite God in to do what he does best and to do what we expect or what we're asking him to do. So, um, a miracle is regarded as something that is wonderful. Amen. Amen. In Deuteronomy 11, 9, uh, the Lord admonished Israel to speak to their children the things of God. Amen. So speaking about God has always been the way to prosperity, to increase, to uh, uh, miracles. Amen. Uh, It says here in 11, well, I'll start in verse 1. He says, therefore, you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge and his statutes, his commandments, always. And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, and his miracles, and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt, and, and unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did unto the army of Egypt, to their horses, chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord has destroyed them unto this day. 
and what he did unto you in the wilderness till you came to this place, what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the sons of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, their households, their tents, and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts which the Lord he did. So what our eyes have seen of the healings, the miracles, financial miracles, deliverance miracles, all of that, we are to speak of those things. Amen. And he says, therefore, you shall keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that you may be strong, go in, possess the land, whether you whether you go to possess it. And that you may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land that flows with milk and honey. For the land where you go in to possess it is not the land of Egypt. Amen. It's not even like that. It's better from whence you came out, where you sowed your seed and watered it with your foot as a garden of herbs. But the land where you're going to go to possess is a land of hills and valleys that drinks water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord your God, am I doing this right? Oh, shoot, I got it wrong. I think it's supposed to be 9-11, but that was good anyway, amen? <laughs> 19 it is. Yeah, it says here, it's eleven nineteen. I'm sorry. Oh, praise God. And he says, and you shall teach them your children. So all of these things that God has done for them, he says you continue to continue to teach them to your children. Amen. I believe the people, Jewish people do that even today. They always talk encouragement. They always talk possibilities. They're always talking, talking up God. You know, you can hardly get them to say anything negative over their lives, their children's lives, anybody else's life. Amen. It's just they're just trained that way. He says, and they shall, you, you'll teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in the house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, and when you get up. So continually, the word of God is to be in your mouth. Continually, you are to talk about the goodness of God. Continually. No negative stuff. No, God's not going to do that. He can't do this. And I don't know if he's going to do No, he is God. He will do. He has done already. Look what he did for us getting out of Egypt. Look what he did. And it wasn't a small thing. We didn't sneak out of there in the in the middle of the night hiding from Pharaoh. He brought us out publicly with a high hand and an outstretched arm. Amen. So he didn't do what he did in a corner. He did it to demonstrate that he was God and it was God that was bringing us out. Amen. And so we're to write the word of God down. We're to constantly feed on the word of God. We're to feast on the word of God. Teach them to your children. Talk about God's glorious works. Talk about where God has brought you from. Talk about what God has done. Amen. You know, kids get embarrassed real easily when when we begin to embellish God, you know, but they'll get used to it. They're receiving it anyway. You know, they might, ah, Ma, there you go again. Yeah, Ma's going there again. Amen. Ma don't leave from there. That's where Ma lives because that's where the goodness of God comes from. Amen. Is what we say with our mouth. So we're to teach them to our children. The best way to teach is by talking and doing. Amen. By talking and doing. 
don't always be the parent who says, well, don't do what I did. You know, you start doing some good things so you can pass them on to your children. Amen. <laughs> be the one that that does some good things and, and lets your children see that this is the way to live. This is the way to prosper. This is the way to have a blessed life. Amen. So so uh, when miracles start to come, uh, we know that God is that his love and his work is in operation that he is caring for us, that he is doing uh, what he does best. Amen. So when he interrupts the natural laws of nature, it's miraculous. And who did that better than the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. He always interrupted the natural laws of nature to point people in the direction of God the Father. Amen. So, uh, it takes power to produce a miracle. Amen. And God has miracle working power. He is the one that that is in charge of it. He dispenses it. He lets us know how to access this power. Amen. He releases power uh, through his servants. Amen. He will release power through people uh, that are looking for for that power that have have submitted to him and, and that have uh, uh, allowed God to begin to teach him, begin to admonish him, begin to tell him these things. Uh, God controls that power. So uh, it is an explosive power. Amen. Uh, once it, it starts, gets activated, the power of God is there to complete the miracle. Amen. It's it's not It's not God's will that you get part of a miracle and not get the rest of it amen we receive according to the proportion of our faith so you need to understand that sometimes your faith is there for a certain amount of a miracle and but it's not there for the entire thing and so we have to understand that god can only bless according to the proportion of our faith but it's good to believe god for the whole thing all the time Amen. For everything that you're asking for at all times and you'll receive according to your faith. So that dunamis power, explosive power of God is uncontrollable on the part of the human. Now we can uh, interrupt that power. We can short circuit it by withdrawing our faith in it, our confidence in it. Uh, you know, works of the flesh often will, will override the miracle working power of God, you've seen it. Uh, People will start getting walking and and doing that and they get distracted. You know, sometimes somebody's sitting in the audience and, and, you know, clapping or something like that that's kind of not appropriate or it startles that person and they will stop what, what they're doing, you know, get out of the flow of the miracle working power of God. And so we have to learn how to work with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what this is all about is learning how to work with him so that he can have his way uh, in a greater, greater fashion in the earth. And we can see more of the miracle working power of God and we can start to count on it. Amen. We can start to expect it instead of something happening every now and then or once in a great while, you know, like the people sitting at the pool. Amen. Expecting an angel to come by and trouble the waters and the first one gets in. My, that's a lot of work. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of wishing and hoping. 
but when jesus came by all he says was well do you want to be healed or not you know and everybody that said yes in faith got it amen he showed what god's heart was god's heart is not to make it hard for us to receive anything god's heart is to make it easy amen when you see what jesus the way jesus did things in contrast to the way they were thinking it would happen amen the pharisees come monday through saturday and you can get healed no you couldn't because they've been there all the mondays through saturdays and was still sick amen so that wasn't true and so so god wants us to to know that we can be agents in the healing process we can facilitate it it comes through our faith we can be recipients of it and we can be ministers of it to benefit other people as well as ourselves amen so once the power is present it will release the situation from hopeless to healed from poverty to wealth from sickness to health amen from impotence to powerful amen once the miracle working power is present you can expect these these negative situations to reverse amen we just need to learn how to cooperate with god when god formed the earth uh, in in genesis chapter 1 it wasn't the formation of the earth but it was many people think the fall of satan to the earth had happened at that time before that time and god found the earth without form and void and he began to correct it amen he began to set things in order and he did it by the power that was released in his word and the holy spirit hovering over that situation caused the word and the spirit to come together and manifest what god spoke it's the same thing we want to see happen now we want to see the holy spirit in manifestation hovering over our situations hovering over our words we need to start giving him words that he wants to hear so that he can manifest amen if we don't give him the words then there's nothing really to manifest so that's why we talk about miracles that's why we talk the word that's why we rehearse it in our ears that's why we speak the word with faith and confidence not as something that might happen or could happen but there's something that is happening now and so if we can get in in sync with god see god wants everything done now he really does he doesn't want any waiting he doesn't want any uh delay why because the release for it has happened already see jesus has already paid for everything we need and the fact that it's paid for lets us know that god wants us to have it now amen so when we believe we've received it then we can expect it amen i remember years ago you know you would here christians always says i'm waiting on the manifestation i'm waiting on the manifestation well you're not if you haven't believed you received it already and see many of them thought they were waiting on something real but they had never received the thing by faith they had never extended their faith and received it in their hearts if you if you haven't received it already you have to receive the spiritual component of your answer first before the natural will come because it got to build on something 
See, you got to have something real there that God's building on the inside of you. So once you receive it by faith, oh, God, I see that. I receive that. I have my healing. I have my health right now. In Jesus' name, I have it. I thank you. And then you can expect to see it in the natural form. You can expect it to come in the natural realm. It'll come first in the spiritual door, and then the spirit creates a natural door for it to come through. That's to come from the realm of glory. That's where God resides. That's where God has everything reserved for us in anticipation of releasing it to us when we believe him. And we must believe that we received it already because there's if you don't have it in your spirit, God can't build anything further on it. So he would be like building on thin air if we didn't have to have received it already in our spirits or in our hearts or by our faith. Amen. And so when you when you say yes to God and have it by faith, then expect the rest of it to come. Our job is to stay in expectation. Amen. If there's no expectation, there's still no door created for it to come through. See, you just said you believed you received it. Amen. Instead of really receiving it. If you received it, then you expect the rest of it to come at any time. Well, I'm not sure when it's coming, but I know the rest of it is going to come here at any time because I received it already in my faith. Amen. My faith has received it. I have my faith receipt on the inside of me. Amen. And it says I can have what I say. Amen. So then you begin to thank God for it. Amen. And, and, and consider it a real thing that it's really yours, that it's really being manufactured, made, the rest of it's coming, however you want to say it. I will receive. I, it will be unto me as he has said. Amen. And just continue to allow your your soul to process the rest of it. It's it's coming. God's working on it right now. He's he's working on the rest of my miracle. He's rest. He's working on it as we speak. Amen. It's in process. It's active. God's active and involved in it right now by the Holy Spirit. And just allow your your spirit man to begin to take over and describe what he knows is happening amen and so and that's what keeps us encouraged because you you can say you received it one day and then never think about it again amen so you gotta keep it alive on the inside of you and, and keep keep god engaged in it you know talk about miracles to god amen he's the best one to talk to him about God, I believe you're doing this. I, I, I'm, I refuse to sit here and think that it's not going to happen. It will happen because you say so. Your word is true. You're not a man that you should lie. You're not lying to me. You're not playing with me. This is real, God. You're doing this for real. And I thank you for it. Amen. And so just continue to keep your conversation active and alive with him, allowing him to help you. Meditating on the word is important too. You know, you can't let your mind think discouraged thoughts and then all of a sudden think you're going to be real full of faith and power and expectation. You got to let your soul magnify God. You got to, you got to let that happen. You know, in, in Genesis, it said Isaac went out into the field to meditate and he looked up and his wife was coming. 
Amen. Um, it's my thought that that wasn't his first time out in that field meditating. That was his habit. And it probably wasn't the first time he meditated on his wife appearing before him. He might have done it many times. Just a thought, y'all. Your meditation is important for manifestation. Amen. That's how you keep yourself encouraged. Amen. You rehearse what God's done. You rehearse his goodness. Begin to talk that up. Begin to speak of those glorious works, the glorious things that he's done and will do and is doing in us even now. Amen. So that explosive power resides within us. If we're spirit-filled, it, it will manifest in, in great ways. Amen. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in, in great reserve on the inside of us. And, and it's released and it's encouraged and it's strengthened when we pray in the Holy Ghost. And when we speak the word. So the word and the spirit agree. And you'll begin to speak the things of God, the marvelous things of God. When you start letting the Holy Spirit take over. Amen. So once the power of God is present, it can go from hopeless to healed. The earth was without form and void. God said, let there be all of the things that were missing. And it was. And it turned out good. So that's the way he wants us to see life. Begin to talk about those things. Begin to say, let there be health in my body. Let there be a, a, a overflow of finances for this project that I have before the Lord. Let there be mercy for my children everywhere they go. Let there be understanding uh, on their part about the goodness of God. God, let all those things be. Amen. And and believe God's work in that and letting it happen. Amen. Uh, let there be as a good good prayer. Amen. Let it happen, God. I know you want it to happen. I'm moving out of the way. I'm asking you. I'm giving you permission to let it happen in my life. Amen. Let that healing happen in my life. Let it happen that I don't have to take pills anymore. Let it happen that you're a good God in my life every day. Let it happen that I don't have a discouraged moment in the day. Let it happen that I expect good all the time. Amen. And 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 God will let it happen. Anything good, he will let happen in your life. So our words open the door for miracles. Amen. It must be so. Because the early church used their words quite a bit. If they went under the apostles' doctrine and teaching from house to house, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, doesn't say they took a day off. It says every day they did this. This was their pattern. Amen. And that's why they were such a threat to the government, to Caesar, and to the the uh, synagogue. The old the old uh, synagogue system was because they met continually. So that throws suspicion on them right away. Amen. You know, the devil see us going in once a week or not at all, and and we're non-essential, and we believe it. Amen. He's not threatened by that. He just go ahead and does. That's why he's moving in the schools and putting all this perverted stuff in the school curricula. You understand what I'm saying? Because the church is considered herself non-essential and don't want to fight to be the church. See, 
And so if if we can lay down, roll over and play dead, you know, sometimes people get satisfied too easy. You know, if the church is paid for, you don't have a lot of bills. You know, you don't need a bunch of people coming in there. See, when churches are struggling and small, they pray all the time. God send us more people. They roam the streets, getting new converts and witnessing the people. But now people are satisfied. See what I'm saying? You got multi-million dollar churches paid for. So there's no sweat on anybody. But when it was, you know, the, the rental building and you weren't sure you could make the rent every month, you stayed on your face before God. You went out in the highways and hedges and you prayed for people and you led people to the Lord and you built the church. Amen. And so many times people do level out and, and aren't as enthusiastic about the things of God as they could be. You see what I'm saying? And so it's it's like that with many places. Many churches have closed down and the people gone back to secular jobs. You know, some of that's good because if you weren't called to begin with, you know, you got done a favor. You know, really, you found out this wasn't a picnic. <laughs> you know, it's work, just like everything else we have to do is work. And so there's a lot that God is doing right now. But I'm telling you, the more we can talk up the things of God, amen, you know, stay off Facebook talking about people, throwing shade and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people aren't worth your time. Well, who are you? They were worth the Lord's time. Amen. Like you're so wonderful. People need to come out of these delusions they live in. You know, mostly people are too insecure to learn how to love people. You learn how to love people, it wouldn't bother you who didn't like you. Because you know that the responsibility is on you to love everybody. You're not even thinking about how people think about you. You understand me? Grow up. You know, people just need to grow up, grow up in the Lord, and forget about social media. (laughs) It's sending a lot of people to hell whether they know it or not. Amen. (laughs) in joshua chapter 4 verses 6 and 21 they built memorials to the miracles of god amen and god meant for them to continue to remind themselves of these things but you know of course people let go of things that are important you know i mean (laughs) we all do we're all guilty of this So that's why God has us gather together on a regular basis and we're called the church so that we can exhort one another, encourage one another, teach one another, minister to one another. Amen. Joshua 4 and verse 6, it says here in verse 5, Joshua said to them, pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan and take up for you, each man, these 12 tribes, every man a stone upon his shoulder. These are big stones, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a what? Sign, a miracle among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them. 
that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, you're going to rehearse this miracle in their ears. You're going to leave a monument to this miracle. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Amen. And then down in, uh, uh, he, he repeats that in verse 21. He spoke to the children of Israel, saying, when your children ask you what these stones mean, then you shall tell them. Uh, let your children know Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. In other words, God makes monuments to miracles. Amen. He makes monuments to miracles. He expects us to know every aspect about him and to expect him to work miracles is part of what we need to know about him. It's part of what's lost from the church. It's part of what what people are missing uh, in their rehearsing of God's laws and rehearsing what God will do, what he's done in the past. He's always been a miracle working God. He's never changed, and he and we should expect him to do miracles when we need them. If you need him to to move a mountain to get you get you something you need, then you need to expect that, and you need to talk it up. You need to talk first to him about it, and you need to tell him, God, I received that. I, I'm 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 getting my miracle. I have it now, as a matter of fact, and I thank you for it. And I thank you that it's going to come. And do it on a regular basis. Rehearse that between you and God on a regular basis. And I think that's the key to receiving is the frequency and the regularity with which you do it. And it's not hard to do. You can make up your mind before you get up out of the bed every morning and and begin to meditate on God's goodness. God, I thank you. I'm expecting my miracle today. I know I know it's coming. I know it's on the way. I know you're working on it. I know you're doing this, Lord. I expect it any time. It can come today. It can come right now. And I thank you for it, Lord. I'm expecting it. I'm keeping my expectors out and ready to grab onto it when it gets here and I know it's going to get here. Amen. And I have it by faith and I thank you for my faith in it, my confidence in it. Lord, I thank you. The Holy Spirit helps me not to lose confidence in it and cast it away. Holy Spirit, I'm depending on you to keep me strong in this and expectation, strong and expectation. And always expect good. Many times people are have expectation in their heart. And and they just know it's coming. They have a knowing that it's 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 there, and that's part of it as well. Amen. But it's good to talk about it. Amen. It's good for you to hear that in your own ears, so that you don't start thinking about negative things that will say it's not going to happen. Amen. Because that happens to people too. Amen. So when you were born again, the first miracle in your life happened. Amen. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, and God's word manifested in you. Amen. So being born again really is a miracle. Amen. Jesus talked about that to um, uh, um, Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Amen. And Jesus said, no, it's not like that. He said, you have to be born of the spirit of God. 
So you have two births. If you're saved, you have two births. You have a natural one, and then you have a spiritual one. And so it's it's not that you are born the same way twice. You're born one way one time and one way another time. Amen. So we have two births as believers. Amen. Uh, your your youngest, most youthful person is your spirit man. <laughs> Forget about the outer shell, pretty much. I mean, he's he's though he has great influence on the outer shell. Now, don't get me wrong, York. <laughs> but we're talking about your inner man, and you have to understand that your inner man is on a growth journey. Your outer man is perishing. Your inner man is being renewed day by day. So he's being renewed in the things of God. In other words, there is there's dormant things in us that are coming to life as we live with God. There's something new every day. There's something to look forward to. You know, people sometimes say they're bored or they they wonder about this or wonder about that. How could you wonder about anything when when most of your life has not even unfolded to you yet? See, you're 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 rooted in eternity. Your spirit man's rooted in eternity. So they are there are truths that we have to learn and receive out of that realm of eternity. Amen. And they're 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 revealed to us as we seek God and as we're able to receive the revelation from him. So your life is much more than your natural life. Your life of the spirit is much more interesting, exciting, unfolding, is newer. There are newer things to know about your your spirit man versus your natural man. Amen. Your natural man has weaknesses, it has faults, it has failings. Your natural man is not all that's needed to sustain your life. And many of you know at a certain point the natural man is second secondary to what's going on in the realm of the spirit. Because the spirit man has to be engaged with God at all times. He has to pull from that source of eternal life. In order to live, in order to thrive, in order to uh, uh, be what God wants us to be. You know, God wants to engage with us and bring us into a place of, of spiritual maturity, of spiritual health, of spiritual strength, and of spiritual knowledge. So there's so much to have unfolded to us. You know, this natural realm gets boring to a lot of people. Because it's like they breeze through and they kind of like done everything already, uh, everything legal, you know, and it's like, well, you know, is that all there is to this? You know, this is pretty much done. And so that's when we start to seek for the meaning of life, we call it, or, or what else is out here? We begin to seek for God. And so that's our spirit life is the strongest part of us, even though it's the newest part. It's the one that we can invest in and always get a good dividend from. Amen. You can get some things, good dividends in the natural, but your best investment is in your spirit and your the things related to the spirit. Amen. And to strengthen that and to always let the things of the spirit guide you, 
versus the things of the natural. You know, things of the natural really can wait uh, if we walk with God. You know, you walk hand in hand with. See, this is where people get get discouraged. They they see themselves running out of time for certain things as far as the natural realm is concerned, and they lose heart and and cease following God because they see themselves running out of time for certain things that they desperately want or desperately want to do. But I can tell you from experience that God's spirit can can bring new life even to natural things. Amen. Look at Abraham and Sarah. They were running out of time. They had what they thought was was a promise from God. They had a son. How would you like to have to do a do over? Some of us don't want to have to do a did one time. You understand what I'm saying? And they, in their old days, they say, you got it wrong. You got to do it over again. But I'm here with you. Oh, Lord. Huh? And, 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 and they were blessed in the do over. See, you don't know what awaits you until you get to that door where God lets you in there and you see what's on the other side of the door. Amen. They got a do-over that put them in the Bible. As an example for us, we wish we could be like them. I know I do. Amen. And so so we're looking at people who, just like us, got impatient, did it wrong. Many of us have too much pride to, to make it through the do-over. And we don't want to admit that we did it wrong, we need to do it over. You understand what I'm saying? We wish you could, we could do it over. All of that. But, but see, the do over is what will get you noticed by God. Humbling yourself to do it over again and say, God, I want your way. I don't just want children. I want them your way. See, we got a lot of people out there doing it wrong. And they don't want to do the do over. God gives them an opportunity for a do-over. Bring your kids to, to church. Teach them the right way. And I'll show you through them your do-over. Amen. I'll bless them. I'll make it so much easier for them than you ever had it. But you got to humble yourself to me and, and show me that you're willing to walk with me and be an example to them now. So they get good footsteps to, to follow so that they know the do-over is worth it. Amen. And so, so this is, this is God's way of doing things. He, he wants to do the miraculous in our lives and he's doing it. But the miraculous comes in so many different ways. The miraculous is a change that we see in us that's permanent. It's not put on. Amen. It's a, it's a, a heartfelt change. It's something that happens deep in our core where we're different. We're more like Christ. We appreciate God more. We love him more. We want to give him more full reign in our lives. We want him to do more things for us. We want him to add value, you know, to us every single day, every day. And 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 then that becomes our life. That becomes what we look forward to. It's not so much the material things and the natural things, and, it, and it's good to enjoy those. 
but you can't make too much of them. You can't let them encroach on the spiritual aspect of your life. Amen. And, and you, you, you have to turn that spiritual aspect totally over to God. Can't kind of like try and create anything for yourself out of spiritual material. It's got to all be handled by God. And, and that's the part that gets most people. You don't know if that's a blessing or not. The fact that God has control over it. Because we all want it faster, greater, while we're young, no wrinkles. You know, we can get up out of the chair, you know, without pushing up and any assist. You know what I'm saying? We all want it. <laughs> we all want it right, 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 right now. Amen. And so, so you know, it, it's hard to turn it all totally over to him. Is it going to happen in time? Is it going to happen? Am I going to be able to have this? And Can I squeeze this in my life? And can I squeeze that out? All of this stuff. Not knowing that God, when he brings you into his presence and into his kingdom and into his family, that he has a family plan for you. He has a full life for you. If you'll let him have control, let him have it. Let him do what he wants to do. Got to trust. Amen. That's the big deal. Uh, We want his faith. We want his works. We want his miracles. But if you have to trust him along the way, that makes it a little bit hard. We tend to question. When we don't trust, we tend to question things. Amen. And, And it's okay to question God. He'll answer your questions where he can. Where he can't, he'll say, gotta believe yes just trust me you know trust me on this one amen so the miracle of being born again is is something to talk about and that's our first uh talking about miracles amen Um, that's the first one we talk about is when we get saved how we got saved what our life was like before we were saved all of that that's what we call our testimony and so we begin to share that and we see miracle after miracle after miracle out of our testimony, don't we? When you'll give it and we'll share it with people, you'll see other people will get saved. You you give that to a stranger, to somebody who's not saved, and you see the miracle of the new birth in them as well. Amen. I think we don't really, we take too many things for granted. We take them too much as well, it's supposed to happen. I expect it to happen instead of having the rejoicing. Because uh, I think there's a place where you give your testimony, you do what God tells you to do, and then you have to participate in in heaven's response to it, in heaven's reaction to it. Because I think if we rejoice more in what we do for God and and that God is with us, and that these things don't have to be, except the hand of God used us and, and came into our lives and began. Never take the miracles of the new birth for granted. Never take a healing for granted. Never take any of the things that God does as, oh, it's, oh, you know, it's, it's every day. It's commonplace, and, you know, all of that. I think there's a place you can cheat yourself out of the response of heaven. You know, by trying to be matter of fact about it or, you know, what we call a humility. It's a false humility. You should rejoice 
when somebody's pain leaves and when they 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 uh are not um uh you know when they get saved or or you know God answers a prayer uh changes a life or something like that there should be at least a rejoicing on the inside of you that God did it amen when you see people in the like the man at the gate beautiful he walked into the temple doing what walking leaping and praising god amen he was rejoicing at what god had done amen and and the the disciples with him they, it was a glad day for them you know they don't mention that necessarily but why wouldn't they rejoice amen all heaven is rejoicing this man is rejoicing you're not taking the glory from god when you're glad that he did something for somebody amen you you enjoy those things and I think if we if we let ourselves really enjoy them and really talk to God about them, God, you did that. You you did that, and and you used me to do it, Lord. And I'm so thankful that that I can be a part of your miracle miracle ministry down here. You know, a lot of people wouldn't call it a miracle. They might think it's just normal to to come out of hell and go to heaven. I mean, that's a big transfer, folks. Amen. You got a ticket canceled and you got a new ticket. Amen to a new destination. And God did it. And so we we have to put ourselves in it a little bit more, I think, in appreciation, in remembrance, thanksgiving, expectation for God to do more. God, if you did that uh, for me this time, I know you'll do it for me another time. Amen. Uh, there are some times when... When people aren't receptive, and don't let that discourage you from the next time, you shake that off. What did he tell the disciples to? He said, if you go to a place and you're not received, amen, you ask somebody if they want prayer and they say no, amen, so shake the dust off of your feet, amen, and and just move on to the next one, not carrying rejection with you and not carrying hurt feelings with you and not carrying anything personal with you amen and learn how to be led by the spirit of god amen you can tell when the holy spirit is upon you when he's hovering over you when he's opening the door if you don't sense that ask him to open the door god use me today before i leave out of the supermarket use me to help somebody use me pray for somebody use me to tell somebody you love them and and that that you're a good god amen Amen. I was in the uh, a, a supermarket one time and I there was a lady there and she was walking around and she was very very stiff and, and she had like a I think she had a collar around her neck a cervical collar and she was just real real nervous and I looked at her and I said sister I'm not going to touch you I said but I feel like God wants me to pray for you I said if you had surgery she said yes I have. I said, well, you know, he's just want me to pray for you. I'm not going to touch you. I'm just going to speak a prayer for God to take the fear away from you. I said, so that you can, I said, it's good. You're using your faith to go to the market and get, get what you need. I said, God is with you. He just wants you to know that. I said, but if you don't mind, I'm just going to pray his word over you so that the enemy can stop harassing you with this fear. 
And she said, she said, thank you so much. She said, I, she said, I was, I thought, no, I don't blame you. I'd be afraid for somebody to come up and touch and grab me too. I said, but God wants to help you. I said, he's healing you even now as we speak. I said, and, and he wants you to get over this fear, you know, and, and it was, it was good, but you got to kind of be sensitive to what God's doing with people. You know, you can't go in there and grab on people and, you know, anything like that. You know, I, I seldom touch people, but I said, I said, you know, I said, I'm just going to pray and speak the word over you. And, you know, very often I can give them a prayer cloth and that's wonderful because then they have a point of contact for God's power. And so there's so many ways God can use us to help hurting humanity. And there's a lot of hurting people out here, folks. Amen. So, so encourage yourself. That you participate and facilitate miracles. God, I'm your participator and I'm your facilitator. Amen. In your miracle. Very often I'll, I'll get uh, uh, responses from people. You know, I thank you for praying for me. God answered the prayer. And I said, I'm thanking you. I said, because I enjoy participating in miracles. Amen. Let that be your confession. You know, let that be, let it be a return of thanksgiving to God for using you. And then that way he'll continue to use you and he will get the glory. You're not taking glory from him by thanking God, thanking him, thanking people for allowing you to pray for them. Amen. Because that's, they're letting God into their lives. Amen. 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 Praise God. So when we are born again, old things pass away, all things become new. And it's the renewing of things that God wants us to be most interested in. Amen. The the old will drop off by itself as long as the new is focused on. Amen. And so I know when sometimes when you're a new believer, it's like you got uh, uh, warts everywhere. You know, you feel like the worst, the worst of the worst. Amen. <laughs> like there's no hope for you ever. But but it, that'll soon die down and you start begin to focus on what God is is doing and what he's already given you. Amen. And start receiving your deliverance by faith. Start receiving uh, the new new creation man by faith amen so when when we were born again the word and the spirit met and caused god's spirit to come and dwell inside of us amen major miracle because you become an agent of god's power in the earth amen you become somebody you look like a normal person and you pretty much act like a normal person amen you go, yeah, but you're, you become God's secret little weapon. Amen. Down here on earth. Amen. So when you, when you become God's miracle worker, like Jesus, it'll be said of you that you went about doing good. Amen. Miracles are good. So he healed with God's miracle working power. So a miracle, we said, was something that interrupts the natural course of things. So the natural course of things can be the progression of illness to something that's chronic and something incurable. That can be the natural course of things. A miracle will come and interrupt that. Now, whether you call it a miracle or healing is up to you. It's both. Amen. 
<laughs> because it interrupted the natural course of things. But a miracle is something that is perceptible as a sign that points to God. Amen. It always points to God. I know many times, you know, you'll hear people give testimony and they'll say so-and-so got healed. You know, they got healed. Well, no, God healed them. Amen. And I think it's best to get in the habit of giving the glory to God. Amen. So it's not something they just got and we don't understand how it happened. Amen. They received their healing from God. Amen. Miracles follow faith. So whenever faith is is received or faith is released, miracles have a good chance of happening, especially if they're demanded by your faith. If your faith uh, knows that it's available and your faith decides it's now, then your faith will begin to to pull the miracle towards you. Miracles also follow the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You won't get a miracle if you don't express what you want. Amen. It's it's best, comes best expressing what you want. You you want this disease to leave. You want to walk again. You want to be pain free. You want to have all of those things. So it's good to declare those things by faith into the atmosphere where God can charge that atmosphere with his miracle working power where the word and the spirit agree and the the Holy Ghost collision happens and your miracle manifests. Amen. That explosion in the realm of the spirit happens and God manifests your miracle. So anybody can um, um, can can produce or be used uh, for a miracle by mixing faith with the word. And and that word must alleviate the problem that you're facing. Amen. Uh, for instance, if it's uh, a broken leg, then, then you want a miracle healing. Father, fix this broken leg. Mend my leg. Thank you, Lord, that my leg is mended. I receive it now. Amen. And allow the now faith of God to come in and manifest. Amen. It's it's. Your words and what you expect your words to produce, that will be the end result. If you expect it now, it'll come now. Amen. If you fix your words that it's now, it will come now. Amen. There are times when when we we get instantaneous healings in meetings or something like that. And, And many times it is a gift that that just operates and gifts tend to operate in the now. Now, sometimes they can be a little progressive, but gifts do tend to manifest in the now. Amen. Uh, I know when we, we first started this ministry, God had given me a gifts of, of alleviating pain and pain would leave right now with people and, and also with, with cripples, you know, people didn't walk or walk well or, you know, if, if they would stay focused and, and, and stay with what the Holy Spirit was doing, they could get up out that chair and walk. They could walk on crutches where there was great pain. The pain left immediately and they went back to the doctor and he told them they didn't have to have the crutch anymore. So those are gifts. Gifts tend to operate in the now atmosphere. Why? To ring, to tell people God is doing this. Hello, pay attention. Amen. 
first to alleviate human suffering because God wants that person well. That's first and foremost. The sign is the second aspect of it. You got me? That's not the first aspect. God has compassion. He heals by the by moving on compassion through the vessel that he's using. Amen. And so when when compassion hits that room, that vessel can be moved over into the realm of the dynamite power of God where the gifts operate. Amen. And so never underestimate that God wants to help people first and foremost. It's not a sign for the sake of a sign. Don't ever get that impression. You understand? It, the reason he's interrupting the natural flow of things is because it's hurting somebody's life. You know, what's happening is not beneficial to their life. And so, you know, I've heard people say, well, God's going to heal me and he's going to show people. Really? He needs you to show somebody something? Hmm? See, we can get the cart in front of the horse. You you need to receive from God because you need him. He don't need you. Mm-hmm. He can write his name up in the sky. He can take a hand with no body connected to it and write some words on the wall and cause everybody in the room to shake. You understand what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so, so we, we need to understand that, that first and foremost, compassion must come first. We cannot desire signs and wonders to make ourselves known. And if you disconnect the sign from the compassionate God that died to 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 provide that for us, then you're not going to get much cuz God's not going to use somebody who's who's just merchandising and, and trying to get important off of God's power. Don't work like that. Amen. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. He was moved with compassion and fed people. He was moved with compassion. Um, in fact, he was moved with, with compassion on people pretty much 24-7. Because if if he weren't moved with compassion, they couldn't touch him and extract power from him to get themselves healed. So he walked in that spirit all the time. Amen. You have to let God work on your heart to feel for people. Or you'll just be a you'll be a robot out here, just using your faith, confessing the word, getting getting stuff, and getting people collected around you, and then you can't help them. Amen. Because you because God wants souls won, He'll use you to win souls to Him. You don't have to have a lot of compassion to give your testimony and let people hear it and come and flock around you. But in order to get into the place where their lives are changed personally with a healing, deliverance, you or you have, may have to pray all night long for somebody or half the night. for You, you understand what I'm saying? That compassion does that. And that's a separate work on the heart of the minister or the, the person that God's going to use. There, it's, and it's different from sympathy. See, you can be a, a sympathetic person and gather a lot of hurting people around you. But until you step out of your flesh and over into the realm of the spirit, you can't help them either. Amen. So you have to grow up in God. Amen. You really, really do. 
there are a lot of churches that that move on just sympathy. You know, they they got all the hurting people in the city there and come on by here and God has a word for you. And, you know, you'll get better and they know how to talk them in there. Amen. When they get in there, sympathy isn't isn't compassion and it's not dunamis power. There's no there's a lot of fleshly power behind that. As long as you can give them attention, you'll have them around. You understand what I'm saying? You know, a lot of church hurt happens because people come into an atmosphere and nobody's giving them sympathy. It's not what you're there for. You're there for God. Amen. See, God can turn your whole situation around in one day with one message that's on target for your situation. Whereas sympathy will keep you coming over and over and over again. You never get any better. Amen. You feel good in that atmosphere where there's praise and worship and jumping around and you fall apart when you leave there because there's no word that's been put in you that's life changing. Amen. And so as believers, we have to know the difference. Jesus walked in compassion. He did not walk in sympathy. He was not a fleshly person. Amen. Even though he was wrapped in human flesh, he had no confidence in the flesh. He had confidence in the spirit. Amen. That's why he was able to rebuke the Pharisees right after he had healed a woman. You understand what I'm saying? His compassion was toward the hurting person, but he also was able to shift over in the realm of the spirit and have a word for them. Amen which they didn't need compassion and comfort. They had all the money. They had all the power. They had all the everything. So there was no way he could reach them except by way of example, parable, correction, and rebuke. That's how you That's how you reach hardened people. Then he reached some of them. Amen. Nicodemus was one. He was one of the temple and, and the centurion, not the centurion, but the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus. He was another one that he reached. Amen. At least to humble himself to get his daughter healed. See. And so he was able to to reach some people. But for the most part, people who were against him and against the gospel had to be dealt with differently. Amen. This can't deal with all people the same can't hug on everybody embrace everybody and chum them up and all that kind of stuff to get them saved you've got to you got to deal with what's what's ailing them and you got to know how to deal with those things amen and so that jesus was was that way he obeyed the father everything he did he did well amen even when he was rebuking and correcting he went ahead and, and healed people in front of the pharisees Knowing they wanted to kill him for it, he risked his life over and over again to help hurting humanity. Amen. So so he didn't heal people just for the sign aspect of it. Healed because he he was sent for this. He was there to destroy the works of the devil. Like he did with the woman who was couldn't straighten herself up. He said, This is a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be healed. Huh? He said, Satan has bound her up. Amen. So he was there because he was there to destroy the works of the devil. Wherever he saw him, when he saw the money changers, even though they were the temple uh, officers, he chased them out of there. 
Amen. Said, how did he have the nerve to do that? Because he was obeying the father. He knew the father didn't like it. They were making it a house of merchandise. It was not a house of prayer. Amen. And so he was able to do all of these things, yet be compassionate toward the hurting, heal the hurting, cause miracles. And and boy, did he cause them because people followed him in droves. You want to drive religious people crazy, you start doing the works of God. You know, your little words arguing with them aren't going to do anything. But you start obeying God and doing the works of God. Amen. And our, our really our, our point shouldn't be to make anybody uncomfortable. That's like a, a side thing that happens. We're to be obeying God, period. Amen. That That should be our first and foremost. So we said miracles follow faith. Miracles follow the word. Anybody can uh, produce a miracle by mixing faith with the word. Amen. When you believe God, that's counted to you as righteousness. And there's no law against righteousness. So there's nothing that can stop a righteous prayer, a righteous word, a righteous deed. Any of that can't be stopped. Amen. Jacob knew that. He said, let my righteousness speak for me. So I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to try to convince y'all of nothing because he knew righteousness was above reproach. It couldn't be stopped. It had to be respected and obeyed in the realm of the spirit. And so if you let your righteousness speak for you, you don't have to talk to people a whole lot. I know I'm called. That guy gave me a problem. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Let your signs and your wonders speak for you. Amen. And they will if you allow God to use you. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your miracle working power that works on people and works on compassion. That if we learn to yield to the compassion of God, which comes upon us when we set out to help the hurting, to rescue those who need rescuing, all of the things that we need, Father, compassion will take care of those things so we thank you lord we honor you we bless you we praise you that you are a compassionate god and we love you lord we thank you for what you're doing for us in jesus name amen and amen and amen again amen again praise god thank you jesus praise god all right we'll do our declaration I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.